Shopamaniacs. You're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave back in the shed. Rupert with me is Chris in the office square. Hey, Chris, how are you? That's right. Yeah, fantastic. Really good. About to uh, about to hop a plane to Alaska, do some excursions, some hiking, some just enjoying the view up there in Juneau. Beautiful place. I've been up there a couple times before. I have a friend. Wonderful. Should be good. Wonderful. Right when I come back, my family comes back from their trip. We've been on separate trips. That's, I think, the first we've done that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So cool. your family went to Egypt and they did. You kind of Huge opportunity. Yeah. And I just did and, other stuff. Yeah. And Alaskan. Yeah. 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 We happen to, we happen to catch the same flight. They both fly into Seattle and we'll be on the same flight home, which is so weird. We definitely didn't plan wow. it that way. But that's magical. That's yeah. beautiful. That's yeah. kind of poetic. I'm excited about it. I think it'll be cool. You know, although they'll be freaking exhausted. They'll be, yeah, they'll be fine. just haggard. Holy cow. But <laughs> good luck to them. Because I hadn't even thought. We usually go the other way <laughs> to, I guess, the Middle East. Like, we go, you yeah. go left, I go right. So, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> okay. Wow. That changes my... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they still go right, though. But they just come over i don't know i meant going there so sorry i go eastbound to get there and westbound to come back oh i see i see from seattle specifically i thought you meant like when you fly to yeah europe or whatever like we still go right um the what was i gonna say that the 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 day we get back to we're gonna do a one-day turnaround for the next show after this one so not that anybody cares here but you won't miss a show everybody i just want to i always like to emphasize how amazingly consistent we are (laughs) and then watch 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 we'll miss it ah we better not there was a chance that we had to take some of the summer off but we we figured it out so yeah and thanks to our editor chris ends for being flexible so yeah, I just got back from San Diego, sunny San Diego. I did not get a sunburn, and that is my big accomplishment. So that is yeah, well done. <laughs> Put some goop uh, on your face. Oh, just covered in zinc. Holy cow! It's it's kind of like I don't know. We go. I. It's sort of like I just go on my wife's vacation, and that's fine by me because <laughs> she's got uh, enough Native American that she's immune to sun. So that's great. Kids also the same. I am, uh, however, translucent skinned. So, so I'm like one of those cave salamanders that they try to protect, you know. So yeah. I go and I sit under a solar fortress, and I uh, and and I cover myself in uh, metals so that I don't get uh, burned by the the uh, hot ball in the sky. So that's gosh, you put zinc on your face. I was out camping and I used, I had a, like a, a like a magnesium thing for for making sparks. I just had it in my camping stuff. I didn't actually start a fire with it. I don't think I have that kind of ability. But I take magnesium in my body helps you stop getting sick. Well, there's just like a little too much heavy metals in my life. Jeez, I, I think it's really funny. It's or like even like antidepressants. It's like take lithium, put this metal in your body so you're not sad. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, or like, uh, you know, or like I'm taking magnesium for sleeping, like calming, you know, vibes, you know? It's like, yeah, you sleep better when you eat metal. <laughs> like, of course, of course it's good for you. But it, what we can right. all agree on is sunscreens is awful for you. So yeah, you can't have whatever they did is with sunscreen for a while, which I assume can't is just- can eat fish without mercury in it. Yeah. Unbelievable. I just, I just assumed the old sunscreen was like made of butane or something. <laughs> they just said, oh, yeah, we can't just spray kids with butane. That's too yeah. bad. So there's anyway. I wonder what we're doing now that's so horrible. I can't, I can't wait. That's a good reason to try to get older is so that we can look back on now and be like, man, that was crazy. We used to just read social media unfiltered. Yeah. <laughs> That's not that, good. We mainline that stuff. That's uh, terrible. That was horrible for uh, yeah. human psychology. Yeah. 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 A, a company like Meta would just launch a new social network and we'd just sign up for it. We'd just we sign instantly, up for it. Instantly. Just, instantly we just signed up for it. And yeah. We would just start scrolling that thing. In an effort to preserve our usernames, we just signed up for everything. 
Yeah. We just gave everyone our data. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that'll come, you know, they, uh, what's the one? Blue Sky is, is notably doing the, your a URL can be your username thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mostly to applause, I think. I think people are liking that. It's kind of a fun trick for nerds, so that's cool. But they've gotten into the business of selling them too, which I saw was also largely applauded because it's a nice revenue stream for them. And... Uh, makes it easier UX wise for other people. Yeah. But if everybody did that, then there would be no username rush is why I thought of it. Cause you got the URL, so you got what you want, you yeah. know? Yeah. Not a bad idea. Really? I would, I would think that's cool. And I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's, you know, we're kind of verifying accounts with URLs anyway. Right. Like it's like, go put this little yeah. well-known tag somewhere. Um, and if you could just be like, I bought the domain from you, can you verify me? You know? Yeah. And then you kind of know, like, if it's like, whatever, <laughs> steal your data.biz, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to interact with you. <laughs> so that's not, you're not a nice person. So <laughs> 4chan.online or whatever, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to talk to you. One username per URL, too. That confused me for a minute when I went to go log back into Blue Skies. Like, what's your username? It's just like, what's your username? And I'm like, I don't know. Is it Chris Coyer? Is it Chris at ChrisCoyer.net or Chris Coyer at ChrisCoyer.net? Or what? And I'm like, nope, nope. It's just, it's just the URL. So my username on Blue Sky is ChrisCoyer.net because that's my URL. Oh, that's okay. At least All for right. logging in purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Again, don't don't really mind it, but for for any URL that was particularly co- like company like or something, yeah. You know, like you can't have Sue and Alex at company.com. Well, I wonder how this happens if like mergers or name changes. I mean, you know, if mm. like somebody gets married, changes their name or divorce, changes their name, uh, you know, uh, whatever transitions changes their name or uh merges companies changes their name how does that work you know what what happens you know um but i, I guess know. if you own the url you're the, that person now <laughs> so that's cool so that's how it should have been the whole time so <laughs> is that maybe that's why people call their senators you know they they sort that out you have, have you seen text wrap balance that was very happy that was why uh, speaking of wide applause when that dropped, mm-hmm. pretty sure it's just Chrome still. Could be wrong. Maybe I'll look it up quick. Um, the, but the point of it was, A, you got a headline. You, it's really annoying when one line breaks on a headline to the point where people took matters into their own hands. I've seen the last one or two characters have an NBSP or non-breaking space. That's an old um, trick. Oh, Sean Inman trick, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Perhaps I used to do that. Probably still do on some sites. Just an old little trick so that the text will never break in the last couple of words. That's a that's a cool trick. You can do it with JavaScript. You could do it server side. Um, you know, whatever. I I don't know how what other techniques were, but it turns out now with one line of CSS, you just go text wrap balance on say your H ones, H twos, and H threes or something. You'll just mm-hmm. never be in that position because the browser will balance it out. Looks great on headlines, I think. Yeah. But now it's gotten in everybody's head like, oh, next time I see that on a website, I'm just going to fix it with text wrap balance really quick. It happened to me yesterday. I had a like a, a bar of text. Mm-hmm. And it usually didn't wrap, but sometimes it did. So let's say it's, you know, it's like a modal comes up and I want to put a message at the top of the modal. So say it's like 500 pixels wide at mm-hmm. most on desktop, mm-hmm. but there'd be like, you know, one line of text would just wrap a little bit. And I saw, oh, one, one word fell down and I was like, Ooh, this is it. But it's not a, it's not a header. It's mm-hmm. just a, it's just a sentence, one yeah. sentence. Yeah. So I put text wrap balance on it and I'm like, ugh. I don't like it. it didn't I don't work. like that it wrapped. Like- I, I just don't like that it it clearly wrapped way too early. Oh, it just okay. looked. It just looks weird when it's not a header. On a header, somehow it looks fine, but on just mm-hmm. like a sentence or a paragraph, it's like, ugh, why are you wrapping all weird? 
Yeah. I don't like it. And then it'll wrap different. Like if you put it on a whole bunch of paragraphs up and down a page, it'll wrap at like different horizontal points depending on the paragraph. You know, it just doesn't look right on small text, I think. Anyway, the whole point of this is, you know, drum roll, please. I don't know how I missed this. Text wrap pretty. Ooh, totally really? handles this. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I get more text Chrome wraps? only. Yeah. The, well, oh. there's text. Yeah, I think so. Because text wrap was kind of new to begin with. I think pretty or balance was like the only value it had in most of our minds, I think. Aside mm-hmm. from revert, inherit, <laughs> unset, all, you know, all those you know, that are valid for pretty much every property. Yeah. But yeah, now it's balance or pretty, pretty. And pretty does the trick. Pretty does what you want in the paragraph situation. Just so you know, everybody, good one. Adam showed me that. Apparently, I was bitching about it or something. And, of course, the ambassador of all things CSS, Adam Argyle, is like, hey, have you seen this? And I was like, no, I haven't, sir. But now I can. He's pretty good at, uh, hey, by the way, <laughs> yeah, this got fixed uh, like two months right. ago. So, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, if you're Adam's boss, give him a raise. He's really good at that, if that's his, indeed his job, which I believe it is. Interesting. Um, there's quite a few here. Uh, like there's wrap, no wrap, balance, pretty, stable. I hadn't seen those. Wrap, so. no wrap. No wrap is white space. Well, I think there's a text wrap, no wrap, which is what? not hyphenated. So, you know, it's got the same no repeat Strap. issue, but I think that's consistent mm, with other. Text wrap, no wrap. I don't hate it. Text it makes wrap, more. no wrap. I'm not but does it do wrap. the exact same thing as white space no wrap? There's a line here. Let me see. Um, the white space collapse and text wrap properties can be declared using together the white space shorthand. Oh, so maybe you're supposed to be like white space no wrap is probably the best. Hmm. Is that the right? Does that even exist? Yeah, no white space no wrap is a thing. Pre wrap. Anyway, anyway, that's fun to experiment with. You know what I learned um, using. Uh, and we'll, we can get back to other people uh, correcting us here in just a bit. Uh, but that little squinch text experiment that I was working on, you know, I used text wrap balance because it was like great chance for it, right? Great, yeah, great chance. Um, I also because I got it like really messed up, I you know, like really like I used a really long word, so I was playing with hyphens, right? The CSS hyphens, which like. Actually, you can kind of use now, I think. Like, hyphens is generally supported. Uh, let me get the actual support I think for so, you. and it's not the end of the world if it's not supported. What always gets me with it is, like, that you need to use it separately from other features. Like, hyphens is just has to do with whether it's hyphenated at the end of the line, if it's yeah. willing to break mid-word or not. Right. And so there's other things like break word and stuff like that, but there's a... There's another property called hyphenate-limit-characters, and you can pass it numbers. <laughs> and this is a weird one because you, like, just say, like, uh, let me, and this is not super supported, but you can. Uh, I'm sure it's English only, too, by the way, for the most part. Yeah, uh, That's just a guess, but, like, that tends to be the criticism is, like, yeah, enjoy. Yeah, I don't English. know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it could just be characters and, you know, I don't know, other things you don't want to do that. It but. just might be annoying. If it got to the end of the line, it was like D dash next line A-V-E. You know, you'd be like, don't break just the one character. That's stupid. Yeah. Um, so hyphenate limit characters is a weird one, but it, there's like uh, there's like a minimum word length to allow right? Before mm-hmm. you hyphenate. And then there's a minimum number of characters before the hyphen and then a minimum number of characters after the hyphen. So wow, you, you're basically like, so I, what I set it to is, uh, like I had 10, the word five, five or 10, 10 three, 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 four. So I, I will, mm-hmm. I'll drop three letters, but I will have four letters before it, you know, uh, and so, anyway, I like it. I like it. I wonder if people mostly use it to turn the dial up. You know, like yeah, I, I think like out of the box hyphenation is a little aggressive. Like it's just going to try to do it for everything. Mm-hmm. So this hyphenate limit characters is kind of cool because, um, and again, Chrome only, I think right now, but it, it's a little cool because you can kind of be like, hey, this is uh, I, I'm going to kind of like 
what I consider a long word long enough to be hyphenated, I'm going to tell you, you know? So hmm. anyway, that was, that was cool. Um, again, this is kind of where a lot entering. of power, a lot of power for us CSS people. I, yeah. It's the, the kind of thing where, I don't know, do you think you should know what you're doing? It feels like, I. Uh, it's not like I had known nothing. Oh, am I a typographic genius? Yes, I am. But That's what I'm saying. Enough you know? to like, actually uh, do this? No, I'm going to just wait for Robin Rendell to write a blog post and I'll just copy his crap. So Right. Yeah. It feels like the, it should almost be like, scientifically research informed and stuff like color and stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, good stuff. We just learned something right there. We, uh, a little bit more errata, our, our, our friend Alex from the discord and this show and everything, uh, has responded to our ignorance <laughs> about, <laughs> yeah, about super. Yeah. Cause we were, we were, we were answering another user question about like, what is there like, you know, what's the chinks in your brain armor day? Like, is there stuff that's still confusing to you after whatever, literally 30 years <laughs> of building websites? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I threw out super just cause I was trying to think of like little, just particular lines in JavaScript that are like, um, what is this? What is it for? When do you use it? When do you not use it? What are the caveats? Blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I, I do kind of know what it is, although I do appreciate Alex's follow up here that really like well explains it. And I think you had a point that was like, but you're you literally saying like Dave extends X, like the fact that you've said extends means don't you want it to like, extend basically be the same thing yeah yeah so right but it's like, not the same thing until you super it and then it goes and you know as you said asks the superintendent or whatever for the stuff yeah. from the other class yeah so alex's point in this post i mean you should ever we'll link it up and of course you should go read it for all the detailed nuance but is that super takes arguments yeah and how could it possibly guess what you're gonna pass it it can't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. just that fact alone, that's why you have to call it because you have to send it stuff or you don't have to, but it's pretty common to like spread the props in there or whatever. The thing I, I just, uh, whatever, how I wash my hands of this ignorance you know, or <laughs> defend this ignorance is like, I don't do this. Like I never have props on my constructor. I never pass props via super like, we even before the show were like looking on GitHub to see how often people do it. Um, not that often, maybe often, I don't know. Um, but I, I think like my whole thing, I, I guess like it makes sense though. Like you use like the date class or something like that, or I don't know, like, like you're basically yeah. like, it seems like the line in a tutorial where it's just sitting there and you're like, but why? Yeah. And it says you will never need to know this, but uh, but no. Uh, Alex but you're is, saying that there, there's design patterns or there's ways that you can program that just avoid it, and that's usually whatever pattern that is is your pattern. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like you know, like classes that don't necessarily take args. You know, if you just like want methods on a class, you know, like I don't know, yeah. like I, I guess maybe I'm coding bad or something, but I feel like a lot of the classes I've written just don't take arguments, you know, or so I, my constructor function doesn't have arguments. My super doesn't have arguments, but what the, the point that Alex makes is you can have like constructor, uh, height width, right. And this is for your rectangle class, right. Constructor yeah, height width. Yeah. And then you say, you know, it's a box that is, uh, width and height, but for your square class, you might just want, it extends rectangle, but your constructor just takes length. So you're like square 40 and that then makes a rectangle. So right. it calls super 40, 40 length, length, you know, or, or size, size, you know? So mm, anyway, that's a really good point and well explained, I think. Yeah. Uh, good job. Thank you for, and then for like that. A circle would be extend square, but have like, Radius 100% or whatever. If Still you think one that. argument. Yeah. So or, I guess it'd be just radius. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to modify your rectangle to have radiuses, I guess. But anyway, hmm. if you think of it like that, that's kind of something. So, you know, my brain connected it to was pseudo elements like before and after, colon, colon, before, colon, colon, after. Yeah. This, and it was like, how often does this happen to you? You get it all set up and you're like, why isn't it there? 
what is happening? And it's because you need to add content with just an empty string. Yeah. If you don't have content, it doesn't show up. And there's no error handling in CSS, so it doesn't tell you that. So it's just confusing to, to think about. There almost should be like a CSS linter that's like, you don't have any content. It's just required. Mm. You always yeah. have to have content, even if it's an empty string. And it's like, why? Why? Yeah. If I put position absolute on it and put a width and a height and all this stuff on it, why do I also have to go content empty string? It should assume content empty string. Some browsers, well, I think Firefox did that did it first uh, under the reign of Jen Simmons, and then uh, Chrome has started doing it. But they'll like gray out rules that don't apply in your web inspector. Have you seen that? Like where you like, yeah, that's a great idea over. <laughs> CSS and they're like, yeah, this just never hit the browser, dude. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, definitely guilty of writing stuff that never makes it to yeah. the final. This cut. is like the opposite of that. You're missing one. Well, I I do wonder. Like, it's very much open the inspector and find out. But like, should CSS error in the console? What do you think? Is that like? Or warn, mm, I guess. Well, I was thinking of that in terms of SAS the other day. SAS has a function called at debug. And the point of it was that if, you know, while your SAS is compiling, you can spit out to the console mm -hmm. whatever, like a variable or a calculation or the output of a function or whatever you want. That's nice, right? Mm -hmm. Like CSS doesn't have that. There's no console.log of CSS. Now, I don't want it to start... I mean, although I've heard argued like a strict mode for CSS could be kind of cool because then we could fix some of the crap because it would be opt in, right? You'd have to put at the top of the CSS like strict mode true or just quote strict mode or something that's that's valid old CSS or would be ignored safely. Okay. And then you could be like, you could fix the box model and you could do all this other stuff. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, somehow, I don't know why. I don't know why I was tr trying to connect that to this, but it would be neat to then maybe then this would be extremely crazy that you could have CSS that would that would err. Yeah, I I don't I don't mean like white page. Like I like the forgiveness of CSS. You know, like yeah. I'm not trying to make PHP here, folks. But there there's just times where it's just like, hey, you wrote something. It's just not even hitting. Uh, right now, I can only see it if I inspect the element. Like if I go to the element and inspect it. I what I'm asking for, I guess, would be a a just a violations sheet of just like like a spreadsheet of violations. Yeah, right. Like why not? Uh, that doesn't affect the web platform. Chrome could just decide, or Apple or anybody could just decide. Oh, you know that built-in console in our dev tools. It's just going to start spouting at you. It's going to yeah. say, oh, on line 184 of your CSS, there's just like a thing and there's no colon before the semicolon. That's weird. What'd you do that for? Text rep blaffants, you know, and, and that's yeah. why it didn't work, you know? Yeah. And it's a line in there that's, that is the same as if a JavaScript were to have an error in it like that. I just only think about it because it would just be kind of cool to get that, that feedback from the machine. And, you know, right. I don't know. People complain about CSS a lot and it's not a real programming language. And it's like, well, let's make it one. Let's let's make it one that gives you feedback and stuff like that. So, hmm. and maybe that becomes even more important with like dark modes and light modes and even this like uh, the is it when is that the uh, conditional statement at when or I forget um, where it landed. They have when they I think they have when they mostly have if or at try. Okay, which is funny because wasn't. I think CSS was, they. I think they've decided they they'll never be an at if in CSS because of SAS and it's yeah, which is which is wild because sometimes CSS steps on SAS's toes for sure. It's happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but for this one, they, they didn't right. So I think they only use when now in CSS. God, how did that conversation go down? I best I better shut up about it because that's not that's not good podcasting. Like we phone a friend. Remember fantasize. that old time? Fantasize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Summon. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't ship at all. I don't. I, there's no conditional stuff in CSS yet. Not yet. Not yet. But I'm saying like in the future, like when that yeah. like if whatever color. Bugleen, and it's like, hey, Bugleen is not a color ever, so this will never hit or something, you know, like hmm. 
I wonder why it has to be an at if anyway. Are we locked into that as a as like a signifier of future concepts? <laughs> so, yeah. Are we being too nice to SAS here? <laughs> Which I was just looking at anchor functionality reading um, Jay's post back back when he was at Google just a few months ago. Mm -hmm. um, and there's like two new at rules for anchor positioning. Oh, really? Including an at try function, which is pretty neat. That's how it's dealing with, with, um, with, with edge problems. So let's say you wrote a tooltip, Dave, and the tooltip hung off the top of the thing that you were, say, hovering over. That's how you designed it. Well, if it... If that goes up over the top of the browser window, you can put, you know, like you can describe an at try block, like try this. Mm -hmm. And then if, if the browser decides that's not great, it'll go to the next at try block and it'll be like, okay, well then put it on the bottom. So yeah. at least you, you can, you can control it, which is nice, but it, it gives you an opportunity to kind of hand design where you want the anchor to go. There is no default though. Like, so if you don't, if you don't put those try blocks, it'll just, do your first where you position it and or or nothing it's oh really it's it, not going to move it for you oh okay it doesn't even try to guess or no. like center center no. or center bottom or something like that absolutely no? not <laughs> no which it could i mean i don't know that's just those are the type of choices that these spec authors and discussion people have to make you know weren't we we were just talking with eric and he, he laughed at us when I was like, oh, well, you know, by the time CSS shifts, everybody just, it seems like everybody gets along, everybody likes the feature, everybody collapses and applauds and writes positive blog posts about it and stuff. He's like, I know that's how it seems. And I think what he was trying to say is that like, there's probably plenty of like infighting while it's, while it's being discussed, mm -hmm. you know. And backstabbing, you know, I don't know. I don't mean to insinuate any yeah, horrible yeah, behavior yeah. or anything, but it seems like that's probably what happens. And then for whatever reason, that process usually ends up pretty good in CSS land anyway. Yeah. I mean, I've been exposed to a little bit of it in open UI where I think this is being incubated, you know, and a lot of it's, you know, you're like, Hey, what do people think about this? You know? And, and, and it's kind of like bike shedding, you know, um, you know, people don't want to be like, how does, like, how do we make a prototype that works? You know, people want to be like, I don't like the word anchor. I want to fight about that, you know? And so you have to be like, okay, let's take a step back. Does everyone agree that anchor is the best idea? And then people are like, no, it should be called shop talk. And then. And then they're like, no. So it's just, it's, you kind of like have to like redo decisions a bunch, you know, and then, um, and then they prototype and build and then they kind of like figure something out like, okay, we have a problem with this or we need accessibility on this. And so you have to kind of like re make a redecision. And, but you try to, interestingly, they try to just make decisions on the smallest possible level, you know, like even if it's just like motion to, come up with a list of names. Everyone agree? Yes. You know, something like that. So it, yeah. it, it's, it's very, I don't know if I could do it as a job, <laughs> to be honest, like just sit around and, and do uh spec well, work. You wouldn't even be willing to be paid for it, let alone not be paid for it. You know, that's the miracle of it really is that some people are. Some people volunteer their time, but then they get, you know, put on, as invited experts, like Hide just did, so congrats to him. Mm, uh, but nice. Uh, but yeah, it's it's that's that's hard, you know. But I do think there's people there's there's money floating around if you're good at it, so and can do it. This episode of Shop Talk Show was brought to you in part by Notion. I'm excited to share that they just launched Notion Projects, which includes new powerful ways to manage projects and leverage the power of their built-in AI features too. So Notion Project combines project management with your docs, knowledge base, AI, so you can stop jumping around between tools and stop paying too much for them too. So let's say Dave and I were gonna redesign Shop Talk Show. 
we'd almost certainly use Notion. We use it anyway and love it for managing all kinds of stuff like the incoming questions from y'all, from their API, from managing our upcoming shows and ideas and workflows and information about advertising, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we keep as a knowledge base in Notion. But then when we work on a project, you know, you can make a database and make cards that represent tasks that you can view in a Kanban view or all kinds of different views. It's really wonderful for managing the flow of working on a project. And if we needed some brainstorming help too, let's say we wanted like a, oh, what's a good, you know, what's a good advertising page for a podcast? What kind of information should it have? Rather than us jumping around between another tool, we could just use the AI tools built right into Notion just to help us brainstorm the type of stuff that will be there. You know, anything Dave and I did will, will really be handcrafted, but I think that's the role that AI is starting to fill. It's just like, well, help me think about it in a minute. Just like, you know, slap my brain a little bit and get me going and then and then I'll take it from there kind of thing. So do your most efficient work with Notion projects. You can try it for free today at notion.com slash shop talk. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash shop talk. And when you use that link, you are supporting our show. Thanks so much to Notion for the support. Uh, Simi DeClark writes in, fan, fan of the show, writes in lots of great questions. Really appreciate that. Wanted to hear us talk a little bit about the buzzword um, the edge. Which is why Edge and I have taken up miniature golf. Mini golf, for short. Uh-huh. Some people call it crazy golf. In Germany, they call it Bannon golf. Edge. So uh, I feel like we throw that out there sometimes, perhaps mm -hmm. without explaining it particularly well. It is used quite vaguely sometimes. Uh, uh, and so, so what's up about it? It was good timing for the question because I just happened to have caught one of uh, uh, one of Ben's whiteboard tweets. You know, have you seen? He does, does a great oh, job yeah, with that. I love Ben. Ben and his whiteboard. Yeah. 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 I like. Bought, bought a whiteboard. Just changed his life. Amazing. Yep. That's $39 you ever spent at Walmart. <laughs> it's nice though. It leans into an age old concept. It's like, you know, what's better, a blog post or a blog post with illustrations in it? You know, it's like, yeah. it's yeah, it's it's the one with illustrations. Anyway, he took on the edge and he did a great job of explaining it. So I'll explain what he explained is that, or with my, I guess with my own commentary is the edge always means geographically close to a user. If it doesn't have that component to it, it's just not the edge. It almost always means like, okay, if you're in Melbourne, Australia, it, the, whatever is happening is there's a computer that's probably also in Melbourne, Australia. I use Australia on purpose as an example because they kind of get screwed sometimes for companies that are like, oh, we just do U.S. West always, all the time for everything we do for our company, meaning that's an AWS region. But mm -hmm. AWS is so big that even if you're using some other host, it's possible that it's using AWS behind the scenes and stuff if if you know servers are literal physical pieces of hardware and at some point somewhere along the line of your stack somebody's making a decision about where that server is it's possible that they're just in one location and so you know the edge started off people's i think everybody understands what a cdn is meaning they came along and said oh but we'll put your images and your fonts and crap more geographically close to users because those are static and they're really easy to, to to deal with. Like CDNs are pretty freaking complicated. So let's start with the easiest of the assets, I feel mm -hmm. like is what CDNs were. And that way the web is now faster for the person in Melbourne because it's it's getting assets from closer to where they are, even though the database is probably still U.S. East or somewhere in Europe or something, which is still pretty damn far away from Australia. And I feel like the more and more we use the edge, the more and more it's applied to things that aren't necessarily just static assets anymore. So when functions became edge available, that's pretty cool. Now you can run code in those CDN locations closer to your users. That's pretty cool. But then at the same time, it started to mean like that those functions weren't necessarily like Python or Ruby. Whereas like they tended to be JavaScript and then they tended to be not node either. They tended to have a special runtime. You know, when Cloudflare did this, they're like, you can run our our Cloudflare workers on the edge, but it ain't Node. It's 
V8 or whatever. It's it's like a JavaScript engine that we specifically ported to do that. And that kind of got lumped in with the meaning of Edge sometimes. Is that not only was it geographically close, but it ran a special runtime just because of that. That's starting to fade. I feel like more and more these those Edge runtimes are getting pretty close to Node. Sometimes they just are Node. And then, you know, sometimes databases are edge hosted. Sometimes entire servers are propagated to edge places. So it's all starting to melt together a bit. Yeah. I always understood it as like co-location, you know, like like my Time Warner, right, is at, or I'm on AT&T, but whatever. Time Warner, or this is called Spectrum, whatever. Spectrum, now I... I if you can imagine somebody putting a a server next to the Spectrum building is going to go faster than somebody putting that my house connects to is going to go faster than somebody sure is. putting a server next to or, or whatever in their closet in Azerbaijan. That's going to be a lot slower, you know, partially because of physics. Um, but not not very much because of physics, because the the Internet does travel at. Believe it or not, the speed of light. Yeah. That's how fast it goes across a, a wire. The problem is it's going to go at the speed of light, which is a, is actually a trivial amount of time between U.S. West and Australia. Like that would be fine if, mm-hmm. if that was truly the case. But it's going to bounce around through servers and software while it's doing that route. And that's going to slow it down. So it's like it's kind it's you know it's kind of physics but it's mostly software. Yeah, there there's software in between, there's servers kind of picking it up and forwarding things load and, balancing and yeah. Else, yeah. Um yeah, and then if you think about like uh I don't know if you play video games, you play you played uh StarCraft, you know. Mm. You would always want to be on the server closest to you, you know, like when I play Overwatch, I go I'm on a Dallas server, you know. That's mm, yeah, three right hours on. away by car, right? So your ping is low, right? So my ping is low. And so there's a lot of people like talking about East Coast, West Coast ping, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so you always kind of want to be on a server near where you're at. Like if you're playing on an Asian server, they're just going to beat you up because they're really good. But then, but then yeah, it also, actually matters in a real-time game heavily, heavily. Yeah, but then they're also like, you know like on sub millisecond, you know, responses. So anyway, I, I, that's, that's all to say edge, I think is just computers close to where people are. Yeah. And so there's different kinds to extend that a little bit. The biggest tournaments, they don't use the internet at all. They're co- They go to a location and use a intranet. Yeah. The LAN. So they, they don't even, and apparently I've heard <laughs> this, this is me, esports, Dave Rupert here, putting on my esports commentator hat. Mm. Uh, apparently, it's a totally different experience, like like different enough for like pros who have played the game for years and then they go play on land. They like it takes a bit to adjust because everything is so fast. There's no, you know, the, oh, you're worse because of the fastness. Yeah. Because wow. it's like how you, whatever, used to. Maybe a little like whatever yeah, mouse up movement your or something. Or, yeah, sure. like like maybe your rhythm uh, on how or your whatever. Interesting. Your game sense gets a little bit off because yeah, it's interesting. so much faster. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I was reading a post about this this guy who bowls two handed. Yeah, unbelievable. Heck you know yeah. that guy? Yeah, that uh, guy's awesome. Yeah, yeah. My cousin works for the American Bowling Association. <laughs> yeah, and a, this guy caused a stir. He he wrecked the game or or like got people because he's super he's super good at it right and yeah. but it looks so childish and people call it cheating and whatever but he's such a he really has leaned into it and kind of has an fu attitude anyway but I, in the, while reading about this guy he says here's a, here's another thing when you play in the real you know televised serious bowling event it's 
way harder. Yeah. Because they like, it's like they Crisco the lanes or something. Yes. It's not yes. the same as, as a bowling, your bowling alley down the street. Like y'all can hit your two fifties on that all day. If you threw, if you brought that skill to a tour, you'd get like a 80 because the lanes are just wicked slick. Yeah. That's what my cousin was saying that like people pro bowling is boring because it like people like, like, you know, when they're at home, they're bowling 200s, 300s, you know, like, yeah. and they're just like, I could be a pro bowler. So they look, watch these people bowl. But like uh, on a pro lane, it's only like 45% of the lane is slicked or something like that. But like at your home lanes, they just juice them. So like you're just <laughs> screaming and down the lanes and you feel like a champ, you know. So it's this whole like thing, like they make, you know, your pro bowling center or your home <laughs> bowling center wants to make you feel good. You know, they want yeah, you to right. come back. They want you to like, it's like the, the, whatever the corked bats, you know, like it, they, they want you to feel like you are good at bowling and you're going to come back. But like the pro circuit is like, they we want actually you to feel have, bad. Well, we have like very strict regulations on what we allow, you know? So yeah, I could see that too. Right. It's not, maybe a little variation is okay, but maybe not, you know, I'm thinking about how in baseball, like the outfields are differently far away and, uh, and things like that. But, but, you know, but football fields are this, are are a hundred, hundred yards, no variation there, you know? Well, yeah. If you like watch a bowling tournament and everyone threw 300, it's like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> what was cool about that? That was a, a challenge at all, you know, like, uh, anyway, it's, I think it's just a phenomenal, uh, anyway, it, it's very cool. Like, and it's apparently a problem just like, cause the pro bowling scene just seems like, so, uh, I, I don't know. So junior league, they're like, that guy only threw a two twelve. Like I could do that. I do that every day, you know, or every week, you know? And then, uh, my, my cousin said, uh, pro bowling's biggest problem <laughs> or, or sorry, Bowling's biggest uh, challenge is bowlers, I think is what he said. And I thought about that in terms of programming and code. <laughs> and I thought web development's biggest challenge is web developers because we do the same thing, I think. So <laughs> we we think we're all like, oh, man, I can like 10x out this app, you know, this to-do app, you know, and it's like, that's cool. But like, can you work with other people? Because that's a super different <laughs> operation. Yeah, I know what you mean. Hey, hey, Shop Talk listeners. Since you're listening to this show, probably you enjoy it a little bit. Uh, and if that's the case, I think you'll also enjoy listening to the Design Better podcast. It's uh, another podcast. It's about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process from our pals, Aaron Walter and Eli Woolery. They do a great job with that show. Uh, uh, recently published a conversation with Matt Mullenweg, perhaps you know, the CEO of Automatic, who talked about founding WordPress and how AI is changing development and his love of jazz. I love listening to uh, to interviews with Matt. He's such a level-headed guy so calm i feel like it's like the world is good that he's a ceo of stuff and he's just the perfect job for him uh they had this conversation with tony fidel who was fascinating he was sharing stories about engineering the ipod and the iphone and dealing with assholes <laughs> pretty good uh and some old shop talk buddies like dan mall and brad frost have a show over there talking about their designer developer collaboration which is of course just fascinating stuff because they're so good at talking about it i think you're gonna like them go subscribe to the design better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com nice url or wherever you listen to podcasts old ben jackson here writes in fancy new macbook pro congratulations new machine hope you enjoy it it's amazing for developing on, Ben says, but he's concerned that he writes in, but I'm concerned that I get an unrealistic impression of the performance of my websites. I can chuck a load of animations and filters, whatever I like, and my still, site still runs smoothly. But this isn't the case for people using, for example, old Chromebooks 
Have you have any techniques you'd like to share for testing out your sites on machines with slower CPUs? I guess CPUs and memory and GPUs and every other thing that a computer has kind of ultimately factors into websites. Yeah, I mean, I can say even just with like my switch to Windows and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you definitely are experiencing things different, right? Like that slick animation is super cool. And it's 60 FPS on your machine, 120 FPS. But when you pull it up on a whatever five-year-old Surface or a five-year-old Chromebook, it does not feel the same. So um, it's it's worth noting. Even like, you know, when you pull it up on your iPhone, your iPhone 13X or whatever we have now, like that's different than somebody's like... yeah. Yeah. Or two year old Android is going to feel way like even top of the line Android is going to feel way different. Um, so, s- stuff you can do, uh, I'll, I can just because I do this, I'll jump in. Um, in the performance tab in Web Inspector, there's a CPU throttling. So, you can be like 6x slowdown, just go all the way down. Don't worry about it. And then you can also throttle the network, and that makes it feel like slow. Uh, the CPU throttling is like pretty good. Like I, I don't think you need to really necessarily memory or GPU per se, but um, definitely CPU throttle it, um, and you'll get a more of a sense. But if you're that's awesome, what a great feature! Yeah, that's in Chrome. Uh, I guess I should say um, other browsers may have something similar. Um, but what you should also do, or I would consider doing, is if you're in a situation. You know, a Chromebook's ninety nine dollars at <laughs> at Best Buy. You know, so like if if you if like Chromebooks on your target audience list, like you are developing for schools or something like that, or uh, ed tech or something like that, like uh, might be worth just getting a device. You know, the old device lab, and and you have a a computer that you test on. You know. So it might be worth checking that out and just seeing how that feels and how it works. Does it still work? Does it fall over? Like intentionally having a device that is constrained. So Yeah, pretty cool. Or, you know, if it's not directly your job, kind of at least talking about it, mentioning it, helping the team who is responsible for that know, you know. There are, you know, general things. I mean, that that's kind of what Lighthouse and stuff is supposed to be helping you do to some degree. It's like if you're getting really bad scores on that, that's trying to tell you that your website is has bad performance for various reasons. You know, I know animations are kind of a different ball game, but yeah, still, I mean, you know, best practices are there to 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 help you with stuff like this. You know, you're supposed to just know that you're not supposed to animate the left property. (laughs) You know, that's hard won knowledge, but hopefully is spread around enough that you start to learn these things. And hopefully, even though you have a nice computer, you're still making good choices for people with lower powered devices. If you want a good phone to test on, Alcatel, A-L-C-A-T-E-L, is like, 200 they have like under $200 phones or I'm looking at $79 Android phone. Guess what, buddy? That's going to give you the feeling <laughs> of being on a constrained device. So uh and and these are like some of the best selling phones like in the world uh, like, you know, I don't know, man, if you that's, drop That's you amazing. Drop your Is Android it really? A, well, it's like you drop your Android in a toilet, dude. You're not going to go buy, you know, like <laughs> You go get the $38 phone, you know? They have a $38 phone, prepaid smartphone. Yeah. And it was, is it Android? Android. Surely? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah. There's no $38 iPhones. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's $38 Android, man. I mean, right. And there's, is there's no other choice anymore, right? There's no third digital mobile operating like system web os no no not really so yeah or you know microsoft had a thing for a minute firefox had a thing for a minute but they just all just pooperoo right they can't yeah. handle yeah i think it's smart to acknowledge that these mac these aluminum macbooks and these iphones and even higher end hardware like my gaming PC or something like that. These are luxury devices. These are not like, these aren't 
getter done devices, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. These are, these are devices that we have a luxury of. We put them in our little fancy offices, you know, with our little plants next to them. You know, these are not like I'm working from a truck on like 2G out in the desert, you know, like it's mm. just different, right? So Yeah, throttling your internet's a good one too. Yeah, that's a... That's fun. Did you already mention that one? Sorry if you did. Yeah, no, but, no. Uh, it's it's like, it's in the same tab as like the, the CPU tab, yeah. slowdown. Yeah, the, the yeah network will give you the throttling, and then uh, performance will give you throttling and CPU. So um, worth doing if you want to go hard mode. Disable cache. Make sure like you're not like uh, just. I don't know. I have that on all absolutely all the time. Only yeah. more, for more reasons than just. The performance it's you know when you're developing you're like i just changed a file so <laughs> i don't care what my local dev environment says please well and that's another thing it's just these devices have different caches you know like they're they're like the l2 cache or whatever is just different and so like you know the amount of stuff in memory random access memory is a lot lower because these devices are constrained so you know i i don't think panic but i think if you are worried about it or you like are developing towards a target, you know, like definitely do it, you know, like definitely invest $99, <laughs> literally buy the cheapest device you can find that fits the specs you're looking for, you know, like that that's a decent strategy. You know, my kid gets a free Chromebook from his school. I can pull stuff up and check it, you know, and I guess I get flagged if it's like too or if it's out of the list of websites you can check or something, but really great blog post format too. Hey, I was I wanted to make sure my website was good for this device. I got that device. I tested the website. It wasn't good. This is what I did to fix it. Now it's better. Oh, awesome. Man. I would read that. that. You just yeah, that's you a, should write that about five hundred times and make about the world's five thousand hits right there, guaranteed. I'll just <laughs> lock that in. That's five K. Yeah. Sounds really good. Let's see. We got another one from Brian Zellish. Zellish? Oh, interesting. Okay. You threw us off with the consonant there, Brian. So uh, I love that name. It's really cool. Yeah, go ahead. uh, Brian writes in, uh, I'd love for you to talk about the... and break down what proxy and reverse proxy are. I often hear you mention putting Cloudflare in front. Uh, why and how does that work? I kind of understand it, but I've never implemented it before. So would love to hear you to address it. So proxy and reverse proxy. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, here's the point is that they're concepts, but maybe they're concepts that are best illustrated by examples. So I'll give you an example, but then remember that it's just an example. The important part is that it's a concept that can be applied more broadly. So um, let's say you needed to um, have your website use the Unsplash. You all know Unsplash. It's like a, a service for returning free to use really pretty nice stock photography images. Mm-hmm. They have an API, right? So, so you know, speaking of one of our sponsors, Notion, you could, for example, you, when you add a cover, a top graphic to a Notion page, there's a little unsplash button and you can search for like, you know, filing cabinets or something and you'll get nice photos of those and you can plop it right in there. That, they notably are, have powered that by the unsplash API pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they have Unsplash integration. Now you could probably use the Unsplash API client side, but I think they highly discourage that if not outright disallow it because they give you an API key and they don't want those API keys to be out there. And if you make that request client side, that API key will be out there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of companies, and I'm sure Notion has done it this way because they're have their big person pants on, you know, uh, make the call to unsplash server side. So they probably have a route or something that's like notion.com slash API slash unsplash or something. So 
the client side hits their route on their website, and that hits actually hits Unsplash, thereby protecting the API key along the way. But that little middle piece of code, that server side code that's on your servers, it's essentially a proxy. It's just a little pass through. It's just makes makes the call to Unsplash for you. So if you've written your own little proxy there to hit an API, that's just what a proxy is. That's just one example of what a proxy is. But it's just code that's on your site that does some external job. How'd I do? Is there another way to explain? I think that's great. Like like forwarding, right? Like uh, if I could make DaveRupert.com be a proxy for ChrisCoyer.net, right? And so you go to DaveRupert.com, you actually see Chris's blog. I could like have it completely forward. There are ways like Chris could like sue me or whatever. <laughs> that's also don't recommend this, you know. Uh, when you <laughs> your big idea is eBay too, is just don't recommend that. Yeah, it means you've written code that says, "Hey, when I get a web request for DaveRupert.com, behind the scenes, go fetch ChrisCoyer.net and return whatever you get from there and return it." That's yeah. it. So Dave's written a proxy now and made a network request on the server side that's returning some third party stuff. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that we nailed it. There's probably a more technical definition of proxy, but in practice, I feel like that's what it means. I feel like that's pretty close. And then like a reverse proxy is sort of, it's hard to say, but it's it's like the other way. So it's like a there's a proxy server that talks to a server and then the server, your actual server is going to hit send back to the reverse proxy and say, hey, pretend you're me, you know, or whatever. And so like a load balancer is like a good example of this. You know, you're actually running your app on five servers and the load balancer is saying like, okay, server one is tell me what to say. And then they're like, cool, yeah, reverse proxy this back. So tell, tell them you you got uh, whatever, user one, two, three. Okay, server B, this other guy's coming in. And then he's like, great, tell him he's server, server, user 234, you know? So you can kind of think of like a, a caching and all this stuff, the the edge stuff that would kind of all be probably under reverse proxy. Sort yeah. Of you know how I thought of it? What freaks me out because it doesn't seem very reverse to me. It just seems like a type of proxy. But the, the that reverse proxies are like between you and your own servers, whereas proxies okay. are between you and third-party servers. Ooh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, that sounds like a... I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm that's gonna, it. They've just p- picked up and moved. <laughs> yeah. And then there's also like... um, You know, we probably explained this poorly, but there's like, you know, situations, you know, I'm using where it's like, I know, you know, like segment, like gets caught up in a lot of ad blockers. That's good because it usually is used for nefarious things. I'm not using it for nefarious things. I'm literally just seeing if people are using features in my application. Like, did user use did anyone use this feature? So we had to we built a proxy out to like almost like tunnel, you know, to Mm -hmm. to send requests to to our segment install, you know, and then get information back. You know, oh, you self-installed segment. Good job. I've always wanted to try that. Yeah, segment's cool. I recommend it. But I, I but then it, I don't know. You could just use a service or something. But <laughs> but the service is going to get caught up, and you're probably going to have to build a proxy anyway. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things where I don't even know what it does, but I assume because it's this big popular project that it uh, it has solved some problems that I don't even know about yet. It's probably overkill for us, but it it's basically you know it's like a single point of analytics broadcasting so you get whatever a page view event and it'll say great i got the page view event which apps should i send this to yeah google analytics and page heap and whatever other ones app queues i've always liked that it also is kind of i don't know perhaps gray-hattedly makes those requests first party instead of third which gets around some blockage concerns, which is, do does everybody know that? Is that obvious to everyone? Yeah, I don't know if it's, yeah. I, I think that is murky waters. I, I you know, I don't know. I, I really, like, <laughs> I don't care who you are. I really just care, like, 
I just need number. If numbers go up, that's what I'm looking for. I'm sure I'm justifying my own stuff there. But I, I think people assume, oh, I install a, a, an ad blocker or a privacy shield or something. So that uh, in my head, I have blocked any tracking of what my actions are on the web. But you're like, oh, but it's not it's not working on my site. It, you know, I don't use segment, but um, but any site that is and, and are using it in this way, because you can use segment third party too, and I bet that is blocked by yeah yeah by trackers. But if you proxy it through your own site, which surely they have documentation for and encourage you doing, because it in a way it makes your analytics more useful. The less blocked they are, good use for a proxy. Yeah. Good example of a proxy, but I I think it's a thing we should encourage because it's just a if people are using, but I guess most people are using Segment and Google and something else and something you know and whatever the hot jar and all this stuff. So you know, I think its original intent was to be this hub that broadcasts out for performance reasons, but I think it just becomes another thing people install. So anyway, yeah, great. Well, Dave, I think we did it. We had a we actually answered some questions. Answered questions on our question and answer podcast. Hey. At least a B, I'd say, on those questions. Not yeah, bad. We did good. I <laughs> write blog posts. Tell us what we got wrong. I appreciate that. Um, do not send tweets. I will not read them. So I appreciate that. Uh, anything else, man? I think uh, we will do. We're, we're not taking a break. I think uh, we are cleared to keep recording. So we'll, we'll do that. And then... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just. Uh, I think I got at least two two guests coming up soon too. So look forward to that. Our our taste and guests, of course, is impeccable. So no no duds. We'll continue our <laughs> no duds streak, and uh, it's going to be great. So, all right. Well, thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcatcher church. Be sure to start our favorite episode. Be fine about the show. Follow us. I don't care. Uh, and then we're. <laughs> Join us in the Patreon. The one thing I do care about, join us in the Patreon.com uh, <laughs> slash Shop Talk Show Discord because uh, it's fun. I like it. I like the people in there. So anyway. All right. Then that's Me all too. I got. Chris, you got anything else you like to see? <gasps> ShopTalkShow.com.